everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I will be the warden of this ship, Andrew, with me, our prisoner, Keith, Hello. and the one who always misses the escape pod, Liz. Hey guys. And this week was Keith's pick, so you probably know what that means. Keith, what game did you pick this week? Dungeon of the Endless. It had Dungeon so, in the name, so I had to pick it. <laughs> and endless and they're, they're, both, both those seem kind of up your alley but uh this game is brought to you by amplitude studios and this game is kind of hard to describe it's originally posted as a roguelike tower defense but it's a dungeon crawler slash kind of rpg slash tower defense i don't know it's it's a very kind of odd game don't forget resource management yeah and okay and resource management as well I remember when I first saw the trailer, I had no idea what this game was. I actually thought it was more of a kind of just a top-down, maybe twin-stick shooter. But no, it, this game uh, was quite different. So essentially the story of the game is you are a prison ship that is being attacked by some unknown entity. You escape the ship in an escape pod, and depending on what escape pod you're in, kind of affects the gameplay. And essentially you are trying to take the generator from your escape pod up to the surface of the planet in order to escape. But Keith, since this was your pick, was this a game or pass? It went through weird spouts, but ultimately it's a game. I really liked this a lot, actually. I am torn between a game and a definite game. I think I'm just going to get a game because, you know, it did crash on me and I lost everything at one point. And I kept, for some reason, level 11 kept having weird bugs and stuff. And I was so nervous every time I played it. I thought I was going to lose everything. So I'm going to give it a game. It's very buggy. So kind of minus some points for that. So for me, I think I'm going to give it a pass. What? Yeah. I'm um, genuinely shocked. I mean, I liked it and I had moments where it was fun. So the best way I can describe this game is it is a weekend game. And it's something you can kind of, if you're just looking for something simple and mindless, you can pick this game up and you'll have some enjoyment out of it. But I, I don't know. I, I found it to be very tedious. Like, the more I played it. So for me, there's there's better weekend games. So I don't know. It, this isn't a bad game. It's just, if you, if you don't play it, you're not missing much. So starting off, as I said, the story is very kind of simple. But there is one thing about it that I actually really liked. When you first start the game, you have, oh, there's like, I think 20 heroes you can pick from. But you only have about four that are unlocked. And as you're playing them, some of them have relationships or encounters with each other. And you have a journal where you actually end up filling it with pictures. And it actually kind of explains a little bit more the island you're on or the planet you're on. And I actually like this aspect, but I didn't care for the story because there really wasn't too much of one. It felt very non-existent. Like they just had the little thing at the beginning and that's it. And I thought the story idea was really cool. I wish they had added a lot to it. Yeah, me too. See, I don't know. I didn't, I, I mean, well, I do know. I don't pay attention to a lot of stories, so there is that. But <laughs> I didn't really care about it. I, the gameplay was what really just drew me in. The game's yeah. hard. I. That's where I think it's interesting you said it's tedious, and I can get that to a certain degree, but I think it's just hard. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. It kind of reminded me, like, story-wise, of Void Bastards. Yeah. In a way. A little but bit. I think that the ending of Void Bastards, I remember it gave me feels, and this game didn't do that. Yeah. So it's kind of like what you said. You're not really getting, like, invested in the game. But I felt like once I had a really good strategy, 
the game kind of just got a little bit, not boring, but it's not as compelling. Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt too. Like once I kind of had my strategy and what turrets I liked and how I wanted to set it up and what heroes I liked, after a while I was just kind of like, all right, I'm sitting here waiting for the wave to end. Because at first it really is a, a lot to do with luck. How, like how quickly you find your resource artifacts. How, like, there's a lot of things that are just pure luck. In the, but once you get a good strategy, like the luck doesn't matter anymore. Well, I guess we should try to describe the gameplay a little. Yeah. If we're going to jump into it. Since, like I said, the gameplay is really kind of confusing. So it's... I think I could take a stab at this. Okay, because for me it's hard to do. So when you are playing solo, we'll just start out with a, the note, you get two characters. That's your starting point. You can move both, or I guess you would say all of your party or one of your party at a given time, room to room. Each room sort of represents a turn, in a sense. Yeah. Each turn you get a series of resources between industry, between science, and food. All of those resources used differently, where industry is used to build things, science is used to study new uh, or unlock technology, new, yeah, yeah, unlock new, new technology, and then food would be healing or upgrading your heroes. So you have you have these modules that you can sometimes build in each room that you go to with if they have a major module, and then you have all these tiny modules. Those are your towers, so that makes up your tower defense aspect of it. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of goes back to what you were saying. If It kind of depends on the luck of getting to upgrade the towers and turrets you want and doing it. But I don't know. I guess I felt like every run was a little different. Sometimes I would just run into a, a floor that was just actually very hard. It was very limited resources. You wouldn't get what you need. Because another point is that you have to power these rooms along the way with another currency of dust, which is sort of a dumb luck of whether you get it or not. That's the real luck part, I feel like. Yeah, I was telling Andrew, there was one floor that I was in, and they have, like, these monsters that, like, slam the ground, and they get bigger and bigger. And I had one level where I had five of them, and there were so many enemies because I had so little dust that I couldn't get to them. So they just started opening every single door on the floor, and it was just wave after wave of enemy. And I was like... Holy crap. <laughs> I was... Is that what those guys did? The ones that pounded the ground? Well, I think cause... so. No, the pounded on the ground guys would just get stronger until they got so strong that they could basically one-hit any of your heroes. You're, the goblins on the rhinos, those are the ones that would go around and slam on the doors I and thought they them. were the same monster. No, Because they're always monsters. in the dark rooms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so as you probably heard from Key's explanation, this game is really kind of confusing. So the one thing I think is nice... But it's pretty hidden. There is a tutorial for this game. So since I was actually the first one to play it, I was able to at least tell you guys ahead of time that, hey, there is a tutorial. It's just a little hidden. If you open up your hero menu and go to the right, there is a systems tab and there is a tutorial that actually will play a little tutorial. I just thought it was odd that they didn't give it to you right away or put it in the main screen. I think it's weird that it was hidden. But the tutorial in this game is simple, but I actually thought it was really effective. You take that back. You told me about it, and I said I found it, but because I couldn't do one of the actions that I was in the process of trying to do, I couldn't complete the tutorial. I won't take that back. You there was no proof back. of this. There's no screenshot of this. Oh, I'll find the text <laughs> message. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, according to Keith, apparently, make sure you do the tutorial before you actually start playing the game, or you could get stuck. Yeah. I also wanted to say, too, when we're talking about difficulty, because I... 
accidentally played on easy a couple times, and then it would also do, like, I think it's called too easy or very easy. Very easy. Yeah, and then so I actually didn't see a difference. I only got to, like, 4-6 because this is, like, Frostpunk. If I am not enjoying my run, if I'm getting, like, crappy characters, I usually did random character select. So if I got to, like, 4-6 and I just wasn't feeling it, I would just start over. But maybe I just got very lucky easy ones because I felt like they were the same up to level 6. Oh, I noticed a huge difference from the difficulty. So once again, this is uh, another complaint that I've had with previous games. This game has two difficulties, very easy and easy. Like, why? Why don't you just have normal and hard? I don't get why they list it as very easy and easy. They want to I'm make ass- you feel bad about yeah, yourself. That's what I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming it's meant to be some sort of slap in your face. Like, oh, you can't beat on easy. I did notice one of the escape pods. Like I said, you unlock these various escape pods the more you play. And there is one that it says, this is hard mode. Like, you have, the enemies are very difficult. You have, like, nothing researched. Your heroes suck. And it's, yeah, it specifically says hard mode, but it still says easy and very easy for the difficulty select. But just picking the actual drop pod is hard mode. I don't know. Either way, I don't get why you have to make your difficulty reading convoluted. Well, I also thought it was weird as well that they had the pause feature so that you could pause it like when you're being attacked. So you could, you know, move your character without being frazzled. Because you obviously can't save your game or anything when the, everything is going on. But the save feature is also amazing. But yeah, I was really... Because you taught me whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The save feature is amazing? Yes. Wait. You really want to say that, Liz? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, let me back up a little. The save feature I loved. Because if there aren't enemies, you can just save that at any point. But as I said earlier at the beginning, if your game crashes... You lose everything. You don't go back to a previous save point or anything. It's, it's or, or if you just turn your Xbox off. You have to purposely go to save and quit on the system. This happened to me the first time I played the game. I was on like the fifth floor. This is the first time playing it. Like it, I probably wasn't, I was going to lose anyway. But yeah, I turned my Xbox off. and Because I saw that it had a save feature. But you have to purposely click save and quit. Like there's no auto save. And yeah, if your game crashes and you're near the end, well, you just lost everything. I did notice that. I closed my game at once. Fortunately, I think I was only three floors in, so I really didn't lose much. And I was going to say, I think the biggest difference I noticed between easy and very easy, which I thought was just fun, and I don't mind it as a personal side point, where it's only two difficulties. It, it It's more annoying when you have five difficulties and the third one is normal, and then the fir- fourth one is hard, and... That's what I hate. I'll take two difficulties that kind of mock me a little bit. But what I will say is that the <laughs> dust production, the amount of dust that you would find to power additional rooms, it was generally equivalent to the amount of rooms you had if you could protect your crystal at all times on too easy. Whereas on easy, you'd have to pick and choose and be a little bit more strategic about which rooms you had powered. See, I thought it was all luck because I played on very easy a lot. And there were some runs where I, I couldn't even get half of them with dust and my crystal wasn't hit at all because it is very easy. I I've, I thought it was very easy on very easy. I just, I, I'm i not saying it's... I noticed a ton of resources were coming in when I was playing on very resources, easy. Resources, yes. But I only got to level six, like I said earlier, in the easy. And I just thought they were the same. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I noticed a big, pretty big uh, difference with the difficulties. So Keith, you did you ever beat it? I know no. you said you were struggling for a while. So what have you? 
Have you been playing on easy or very easy? I I mostly just played on the too easy, and I would kind of go back and forth because this is another weird thing about the game is if you start a game quickly and you're not paying attention, it always defaults to the harder difficulty of two or of easy. Yeah. So I'd start a bunch and then I'd just say forget it and roll with it. I I don't care. I didn't think it was drastically harder, but it was noticeably harder. Like I felt like I could still compete on it. But all that to say is the closest I came to beating the game was definitely on the too easy, and I missed it by one, I think one floor, maybe two. That's depressing. Uh, it's it's real hard, because you'll roll through the first, like, seven floors in maybe 30 minutes, and then everyone after that seems to take about 20 minutes. Yeah, I noticed that too. Because That like, was a one I complaint I did the, have. I think it's like the number of rooms. Yes, it just seemed like they wouldn't stop opening up tiny little yeah. rooms. And I got it that it was trying to make an impact on my dust versus rooms that was fine it just i don't know the the amount of rooms they start to add towards the last five levels or so gets so absurd yeah i noticed by the time i got to the elevator it said like stage time was like 25 minutes and i'm like how did i spend that much time on one floor see i played it like i did with frostpunk (laughs) so it's like which one should i unlock and let's look at what the merchant has, which the merchant never had anything for me. I, I got items from the chest. Merchant, 95% of the time, had nothing for me. Yeah, I found the merchant kind of useless sometimes, too. And then, of course, he would get killed, like, right after I found him. I found him to be the best, the most helpful by selling things. If I really needed the certain resource that he was looking for, I could get a ton of resources from him. From Especially from dust, stuff. because you don't really lose it. Yeah. Because the next round, you don't keep your dust. So if they sell dust, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. I loaded up on industry on one run, and it was really nice, but if you don't have the dust to back it up, it immediately becomes a problem. Now, question, though. The shop, doesn't that produce extra dust? So isn't that one of the modules you can get that kind of helps... No, the shop doesn't. There's a module you can get called the emergency generator. It'll automatically power the room that it's in, and it increases the chance that the monsters will drop additional dust. Oh, okay. I yeah. did see that. I The shop I just protects the shopkeeper if you find a shopkeeper. Gotcha. Okay. I thought there was some I thought it made some comment about collecting extra dust or something like that. No. I never uh, used either of those. I used um I used the emergency generator a couple times. But uh, Keith, so I'm curious if Liz won because I kind of taught her my strategy. What was your strategy? What do you mean? Wait, hold on. You taught me your strategy? What was your strategy? Yeah, when we played multiplayer. No, I won with my strategy. You mean the strategy I taught you of leaving your entire team in one room and fill it with turrets and just have one guy scout and open doors? No. (laughs) My strategy, like from the beginning, was to have an entire section that monsters couldn't spawn from that I had all my resources and then on the other side I would just put a ton of I forget what they're called but they make your monsters very slow and then have the turrets in there as well and then I would usually keep like one person in the middle like just in case and have the other two at the exit but I would move them if I needed to interesting see I went ride or die all the way did you really you would just send your entire squad into every room for the most part, I mean, I would do a little bit of a little bit of team management here and there, but large in a way, yeah, I would just I'd send everyone in and I would just follow the packs as they were run back towards my crystal, 
build out towers as I went. I went assault heavy all the way. I used some Jeez. support towers and yeah, really maybe a couple support towers, not even really any of the modules outside of resources. I just went heavy assault and I would load up rooms with particularly the smoking gun, that mini gun that yeah, you could I get. Yeah, that was pretty nice. I had it up to level three on one run and man, you load up a room with those and just nothing got through there. I it never was great. used that. Yeah. What is it? It's a it's a machine gun. Like it, it's literally a Gatling gun that just keeps spraying bullets. But oh. the only downfall of it that it is that it overheats. So you but if be you fill a whole that. room with them, they'd melt anything before anything overheated. So that was pretty nice. But it just becomes a lot harder because then you start to have a lot of different enemies. And this is where I, I hurt myself because if you go with some of these support towers and you look at them, you'll actually find they attack specific types of monsters. Yeah. So it's good to have, well, in particular, some of the support towers were actually still assault towers. They just weren't a particular, like, they wouldn't attack a specific enemy. It would be, does five damage per second to every enemy in the room. And when you get to those late runs, when there's 20 enemies coming through on a wave, that's really helpful, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like some of the messaging in this game really gets kind of bogged down. Whenever you're looking at, like, um, items or turrets, like, they normally have, like, kind of a fun description of it. And I felt like the description did always did a disservice to what you were doing. I know they're trying to be, like, cheeky or funny. Like, as me and Keith are saying, there's a turret called the Smoking Gun. I, for the longest time, did not know what it did. And I was just like, this just sounds dumb because its description's like, oh, it's a gun that was left at a crime scene. And I'm like, okay, I don't get what it is. But then obviously when I finally built it one time, I found out, oh, this is a Gatling gun that really melts people. So I felt like some of the wording was kind of bogged down. Even too, when it comes to like your power and your wit, and then you got operate, like there's these these phrases that are put in this game. And I'm like, I have no idea what this does. You're Great looking question. at an item and it just says, this gives pit pocket. And it's like, I, I don't know what that is. Like, you got to give me a little more like... To go on this, should I buy this item? I don't know what pickpocket does. Did you find out about the wit? Yeah. So what wit does is thank you, Liz, for asking that. That was my question that I was trying yeah. to ask. <laughs> so there's certain heroes that have a skill called operate, and what basically what operate does is if a hero is in a room with a major module, so one of the big ones that generally produce one of the resources, if they stay in that room, eventually that uh, that hero will tinker with the module, and the module will give a better benefit. So if it's like an industry one, it'll produce like a ton more industry. And depending on the hero's wit is how strong of an effect it'll be. What? Does that make sense? It does. But what? Where <laughs> yeah. is this explained in the game? Did I had you have a, to I look a, up a wiki? Yeah, I looked up a wiki. I had an, and I that's knew, fine. I, I figured out what care. Operate was doing. I figured out that, oh, cool, I'm getting more resources from it. But I still didn't fully understand what wit was doing. So, yeah, if, if you have a hero that has a high wit and is operating on a module, it'll really up the benefit of it so it's not like something that's like super detrimental but you're seeing some items where it's like oh it's gonna give a bunch of wit and i'm like cool no idea what that means and i'm putting on a character that can't even use operate so it's completely useless yeah so there's like a lot of wording in this game that just is really kind of bogged down and they don't tell you that in the tutorial unfortunately so that's probably the biggest thing i think i had to look up on the wiki but uh i also learned from my strategy which I taught Liz, but she's claiming I didn't teach her. No, I'm not saying you didn't teach me your strategy. I'm just saying I won with my strategy. Well, that's what mine was, too. You'd cut off an entire area and have your resources so no, they were safe. No, you taught me just to put them all at the exit. You didn't 
Where, where you place things and stuff, that was all me. But anyway, I quickly learned, do not underestimate science. For the longest time when I played the game, I was always like, oh, I'm going to go food all the way, try to get my hero super strong, and go that way. I actually learned you should need to go science all the way. If you can upgrade your turrets, like, the next level up of turrets or the modules is huge. The first time I beat this game is when I finally uh, discovered how important science was. Because there's one turret called the Kip Cannon, and it gets stronger depending how much science you have stocked. So if you get that thing maxed out, I had, like... 200 something science it was one hit killing everything and it wouldn't even they wouldn't like no monsters would even get near my heroes because leveling up your heroes honestly i think sucks i felt like every time i'm leveling up it's like oh their dps went up one point and their defense went up one point and i'm like that did nothing like well, i did not notice the difference i also noticed too that whenever they did that and whenever i leveled up a merchant would need food for the purchase oh yeah i noticed that it's like it's not random if it happens every single time i level up my characters and i run to a merchant and they want food yeah but it's for kind me, of a slap in the face i actually thought it was like 50 50 industry and science for me i needed a lot of industry to do the neuro stuns and then i would combine it with the kip cannon or the claymore mine is that what it's called yeah so for me i thought it was essential to have a lot of industry as well well, yeah, obviously you need the resource to build the turrets. But I would, no, but what I'm saying is, like, I would do, like, two industry, two science, and a food for a very long run. Yeah. And sometimes I wouldn't even do the food, to be honest. So maybe this is why you're, uh, we're struggling, Keith, because anytime I try to do the ride-or-die strategy like you, it did not go well. Like, some well, of your characters, I feel like it always went from zero to a hundred in, like, half a second. I'm smoking every room, then all of a sudden it's like, boom, everyone's dead right away. And it's like, what happened? Well, I think it really depended on, yeah, how much you could keep up with dust production to the amount of rooms. I mean, that's a huge thing. But to a certain degree, I almost wondered sometimes if there was any strategy in leaving rooms unpowered to generate more enemies to generate more dust, if that makes sense. I don't think it mattered. The most you would normally get is like four waves of enemies. And depending, like they would just pick a random room where they would spawn. I don't think it really mattered that, oh, you have like 10 rooms that are unlit it was still always just like four packs of enemies and it'd be random rooms so i don't think it mattered that much well like, so actually clarifying to clarify something you had asked earlier or you had, you were talking about earlier as far as like or did you clear the map the same way or kind of with that same strategy for the and most i think part. that might go without saying yeah because that's that is even though i rolled all of my heroes along every single room i did generally unless i had a really fast hero I would, yeah, I would, I would pick out like wing at a time, and I would explore every single branch of it, and then I would go back and then take off the other one from my main crystal, and I would leave one pretty much always blocked off. Yeah, that was that's kind of what I did too. I mean, every once in a while, you got to farther levels. If I just found the exit, I just said screw it, I'm just getting out of here. Or especially when you had one of the is it Stellies? I could not figure it out. Is it I, Steel I Stellies? I could figure it out. S T E L E. I think it's yeah. Steel. Someone tell us what how that's supposed to be pronounced if you know. Or just lie and tell us that you know. I don't care. <laughs> just tell me what the answer is. I want to know. Stale. But yeah, there's, there's these little crystals that pop up in some of the rooms and mostly are beneficial, but every so often aren't. Yeah. But one yeah, one in particular was like triple your enemy speed or your hero speed. So if you found an exit while you had one of those active, grab the crystal, get off that floor yeah. every single time. <laughs> 
But also, you never wanted to go to the next floor with not enough industry. That was one thing. Because even if you were building science or food, always make sure you have enough industry to start building pretty quickly. Yep, I've done that a couple times where I start the next floor and I'm like, oh, cool, I have six industry. I can't build anything. (laughs) Well, this sucks. I always have to uh, look at how many doors are left, though, because a couple times I built something and it wasn't worth it because I only had two rooms left. And I thought there would be more. So I always make sure there's at least four before I build industry science or food, if you're getting close to the end. So as you described, when you beat this game, you unlock other escape pods that kind of change things up. These escape pods, I've noticed, they're kind of meant to change up your gameplay style. So the first one you kind of unlock is an infirmary one. Do you kind of unlock it or do you actually unlock it? You actually do unlock it. Sorry. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to be clear. Appreciate that. (laughs) The first one is like this infirmary one where your characters don't heal on their own, but they have extra hit points. So it's obviously meant to be more of like a hero-focused strategy, but I did not care for these strategies. Like anytime I got like these other escape pods, like some of them were like, oh, you don't start with any of the major modules and you have to research them, but you get four heroes. So it always kind of mixed things up. I always felt myself just doing my same strategy because I'm like, I know this works. I'm not just going to go in and start just busting down doors with everyone. So, I don't know. For me, I, I didn't care for these different escape pods. I only played the Endless one after. I didn't do the Infirmary. You, th- you thought you said you hated that one. Yeah. Oh, I hated the Infirmary one. Did you do random characters or did you start every run with the same two people? A good amount of times I did random characters because I always kind of hated picking my characters. I I never really noticed too much of a benefit of some of them. Like, you're, like, the big thing for them is their skills. Some of them have really good skills that are really useful, like operate or repairing the modules. But there's a lot of them where I'm just like, I do not care for the skill. I don't know. Well, I, didn't, I never loved any certain heroes. There's one hero, and I forget which one it is, but they made the enemies turn on each other. So if you were in a big room and you had them, that was kind of fantastic. Yeah. But I noticed that whenever I did random, I think there was one time I didn't start with... The spider lady, Golgi, I think. Yeah, oh, their names are awful in this game, too. So, with her, I would start every single time with her. I mean, it must have been at least seven or eight times that I would always start with her. And she's really fast, and that's great. But if she wasn't teamed up with somebody who was a bit more beefy, it really sucked. So I think the last two times that I played, I ended up picking my own characters. I feel like a lot of these characters, they just, like, mashed on a keyboard, and they're like, that's their name! Wait, where was this game made? Because these could be real names. France. Yeah. So you're just rude. No, they're yeah, not so real names then. Rakia, Scroig is the uh, robot. Kriag, Gork. Those are not like, French just... words. This, and then Max. That is not local. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, have, you have Max. That's like the one name that's like normal. <laughs> I'm just saying, I took one year of French in high school and none of those are French words. There's way too many hard sounds in there. <laughs> Uh, but if you do random, I will say there is a hidden hero you can get. You can't unlock him, but he can join your game. And the random hero is a little pug. Aww. I didn't get the little pug. Yeah, the shopkeeper has a little pug next to him. And if you do random hero, it's a very slim chance that you'll get him. But, yeah, you could end up getting a pug, he, which a lot of people say is really good. I was say, is he the best boy in the game? Because that <laughs> seems right. Which, uh, yeah, I, as far as I could see, you cannot pet the dog. Oh, well, that's a shame. I would like to I pet said dog. I would feel so bad if I got it killed. No. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure I, I mean, with that. that's, a, that's a quit the floor. I don't care if you're on the last one. Pupper's dead. Go home, everybody. 
I actually did kill people off on purpose a couple of times because they were truly awful. You think you could just dismiss them and actually get some food back? Oh, really? I didn't know you I could even do that. I didn't know that at the time. I knew. I know it now, but before, I thought it cost money. I didn't think you got money. Yeah. And there was, I think it was Rakya. She was just so terrible. Her and the spider lady. The spider lady actually had some benefits. But those two, I would always have to put them in another room when the others were fighting. Even after, I would level them up more and they were still awful. And so, I yeah, I just I just killed them. Yeah, that's right. I felt like going the route of leveling up your heroes is pointless. Like, no matter how strong I got some people, I still felt like you would just die. Dang. Exactly. It and was all about towers. I felt like whenever I found somebody in the game that I could switch them out, I didn't have enough food. Yeah. It's the same thing with the merchant. I was going to say, I did not pay any attention to their skills because I largely just selected them. This is my one complaint about the hero selection. I didn't like that it was one or all. There were some cases maybe I'd want to split off two and two because maybe you had two kind of scout-like characters. Yeah. I, I wanted that ability, and I feel like maybe if you play this on a computer, they give you that option because, I don't know. Well, you can just pause it. If you pause it and just do... You know, See, this I, guy over here I never. I it's never just a lot of button inputs to do. I never went through all that me. process, quite honestly. I, <laughs> I, I never looked that far into it. And maybe that's another thing. Maybe I could have beat rounds on this if I had just better stationed people. But yeah, I just was like, but everyone go turrets, kill things. That's why it took me so long. I would actually use the pause button. I'd be like, right, these two over here, these two over there. Uh, but the next thing I want to talk about, which I think is absolutely terrible in this game, and that is multiplayer. I was just going to say. I hated the multiplayer in this game. I tried it once. Playing with random people is pointless. I remember you were playing and someone was just opening all the doors. Yes. And it's like, if you don't know how to play, like maybe play by yourself first. Because like, if you open all the doors, you're just going to get waves and waves of enemies. Yep. Yeah. I tried playing with randos like four times. And every single time, we never beat the first floor. Because everyone's just doing their own thing. You have your own resources, but everyone's just running around and opening doors. And so we just get swarmed by monsters. And it's just like, oh, this is dumb. So then I played with you, Liz. And it was slightly better, but it's still... I felt bad. This was like the first time you played, so I don't think you realized it. But I felt bad because I'm like, I'm pretty much doing everything, and you're just sitting in a room. Yeah, I feel like it would control be one character. a lot more fun if we played together now, now that I know how to play the game. But it was also really annoying that you can't really. I guess like you you invited me, but it would fill up. Yeah, yeah. You can't do like a private lobby. It's always public. So the one benefit is if you're playing with people, you can actually start a game with four heroes and everyone kind of controls a hero. Me and Liz were playing, so we just did just two heroes and eventually we still were able to pick up new ones. But even then, if we played now, more than likely our strategy is going to be the same because you don't want to be opening a bunch of doors. So still, one person's going to be sitting in a room waiting for the monsters while someone's running around opening doors. So this game to me is so pointless to have multiplayer. I think it would have been fun if they made a competitive multiplayer. How would you? Ma- I I want to go back to that. I just wanted to comment on your other point though, because I think with two people at least, maybe with three in particular, it actually would have been hard. We never actually tried it. I feel like we should. Let's get some video of that if we can. But I don't know. With three people, it'd be hard because you have four characters possibly. At least at two, you can kind of split the characters, and you can time out opening doors, so you can kind of just follow the same strategy a bit more efficiently. 
Because if you're building all the generators, all it's doing is just distributing the resources throughout all the players in the game. So if it's like 10 per round, each player gets five. Now, is there a way to share resources? Yes, you can. Okay. I didn't notice that because I only played one game with randoms and I actually got through, I think, five floors. We, we did. Wow. We did pretty well. It helped because I knew what I was doing. So I kind of sat back and did nothing, but I didn't. I sort of let at least one person seem to take lead charge and just follow them. I, there was no audio or voice chat, which didn't help, but uh, maybe I was in a party or something. I have no idea. All I know is that some voice chat would have been nice, but yeah, we did all right. I just kind of let everyone take the lead, and I don't know, if I had resources, I would use them. I assumed if someone wasn't using them, I it was because they didn't have them, because they were so limited. So I just, I don't know, maybe I played it under a different expectation to be a leader, or a follower, not a leader. Possibly. But like I said, I would have loved a competitive multiplayer. I'm surprised you can't think of this, Keith. Both me and you, we played a ton of Warcraft 3 tower defense games. Yeah. How many tower defense games? Like, there were so many where it was how who could survive the longest. And, I mean, this game has a scoring system, so you could compete with score. Or you could even possibly do, like, my, one of my favorite tower defense games is when you're sending enemies at the other person and you're generating, like, an income by sending more monsters. I felt like you could have a fun competitive tower defense aspect to this game. I but right now what it has, I, I didn't like I it. I don't know, but it, that's like a whole different overhaul of the game. Like, I guess you not necessarily you generate a, a fully designed map, I guess, for two people. And or then... you both are put on the same, like, a similar map, but on different playing fields. I'm, I'm not against this. I'm I'm actually totally on board. I love the idea. I just, <laughs> Thank I just want it to make more <laughs> sense because I just don't think it does. I think it'd just be really hard, and that's why that we don't have it, unfortunately. Because you're right, it would be great, but I don't see how that works on this game. It's just, a, that's a lot of building. <laughs> no, so like, we're both playing the same dungeon, but we're not playing together. So we have the same advantage and disadvantage, because we're playing on the same dungeon map, but we're not on the same. That's what I'm kind well, of saying. Well, now I feel like we're just talking about something more like a Slay the Spire, where there's like a daily competitive tournament mode where it's like this is the same map for everyone and it's pre-built. But yeah, I, yeah, either I way, I'm not against it. I like the, I like the whole setting waves of enemies and the income to to enemy sent. That was a that was just a great game. I've never seen a game like that, quite frankly, since I've seen those, those old StarCraft games because it was such a balance of did you send more to generate income? Did you build defense? I loved it. I would play those games in a heartbeat if I could. I actually feel like the, the tower defense genre is dying. I feel like you're just not seeing as many anymore. It's, it's because it's become overwhelmed by mobile, and I support probably no, all true. of them. I think I download every <laughs> new one I see. I just want them to be good. But yeah, it's just it's gone mobile. It's such a mobile platform now. It's sad. It is. Uh, but the next thing I want to talk to you guys, what did you guys think of the graphics? So obviously this game is very pixelated. But to me, I felt like it was extra grainy pixelated and overall i did not like the graphics i felt like it was a lot of times kind of hard to see some of my heroes and some of the enemies yeah and i felt like they could have made it better like in the elevator and stuff i actually thought the graphics were worse and with scenes like that i feel like they should have made them a little bit better because the gameplay graphics weren't that great 
I just felt like they could have done maybe a longer cutscene at the beginning, but overall I think it just kind of fell flat. I liked the actual floors and the different modules and stuff. I looked kind of cool, but I just, I thought it was nice. See, I didn't think, it, well obviously it wasn't great. It was 8-bit probably at best, but... To me it felt like it was like 4-bit. Maybe, I don't know. But all I'm saying, I agree with you. It was very weak, but I liked what they did with it. I actually thought there was a lot of diversity in the enemies. The further you went, they actually changed. Yeah, the the ones that you would face on the first floor would probably be carrying over to the 10th floor, but you gained new enemy types, and they actually did different things, and you interacted with them differently. So I like that they did a lot of differences, and there were visible differences to them as well. So for as little bits as they went they did a pretty good job with it is what i'm saying see for me like i had a hard time kind of recognizing some of the heroes i would discover a new hero and i'd get this guy's name which was a jumbled mess and i'm like i think it's this guy i couldn't figure out till like sometimes obviously once i played the game more i was able to recognize him better but for the longest time the only way i could recognize him was by their actual portrait when i would hire them mm, get better reading comprehension i don't know all I'm saying is, I just didn't really pay much attention to the actual skills and all that. I just, I did what I did. But uh, Keith, I want to, I want to ask you this question first. What did you think of the music? I thought it was actually good. It wasn't great. I'm surprised. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. I'm blowing. It was. It was not Ori. We can establish. It was that. very tedious. It was. The music was so tedious. But so. I did like, though, that when you're on the floors in between, it's kind of elevator music. Oh, yeah, you actually got elevator music when you're riding the elevator. Yeah. I actually thought that was kind of funny. I liked that, and I don't know. It wasn't great. I largely ignored it. But the few times I noticed it, I actually liked it. I actually thought they made a joke about at least there's not elevator music. So I think they kind of like poked fun at themselves. I think so, yeah. But yeah, you're. Let's, I played a lot of the game. I played it for many hours and it did kind of get on my nerves after a little bit. It wasn't bad, but it just like, when it's the same like music, I wouldn't even call it music to be honest, but if it's the same noise over and over again. Yeah, Graveyard See, Keeper first, was noise. Yeah, at first I liked the music because I think it's very noticeable. And at first I think it's kind of relaxing and... I thought it was kind of nice, but after a while, like you said, it kind of gets old. I'm surprised you're okay with it, Liz. The first time I played this game, you were in, like, the kitchen, and you I remember you shouted for the kitchen, that music sucks. Like, you, you instantly did not like the music. I didn't like anything about the game when I was watching you play it. I oh, yeah, like, when we first started playing boring. it, you looked at me. Yeah, when we first started playing it, you looked at me and go, this game is really boring. And I'm like, you gotta play more. Trust me, it picks up a little better. Yeah, I feel like I had ups and downs with the with the music right now it's on my nerves <laughs> but i mean but this is also a great game where you can easily mute and play your own music no because sometimes you actually it's beneficial to hear the enemies like the guy that's slammed in the ground and stuff because the alert comes up but i always heard him first or you'd also hear the electromagnetic thing going off before it actually did yeah if you want a couple seconds extra notice i guess yeah, I guess it's true. There's a good amount of audio cues. But uh, I don't know. I, I think you can get away with listening to your music. But was also meh, the achievements. Oh, I hated the achievements. It was all when doing this, when doing that. And it was just like, these aren't fun. Oh, no. All right. There's one achievement. Even you, when you saw it, Liz, you were like, that is stupid. There's an achievement called 
uh, play on the endless day and you have to play the game on January 29th, which is the anniversary of the studio, like when the studio was found. And I think that's so odd to give an achievement only one day of the year. Uh, Halo does it. That sucks. No, well, Halo has changed it a bit. No, nope. they do the fifteenth of any month. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, and there's a couple that do like. Um, I think Plants vs Zombies actually has one like that too. That's. I, I think so too. But I mean, with the Halo Master Chief Collection, there's over like four thousand achievements. They can get away with having one achievement being a time sensitive one. What was the one I didn't understand? I didn't know what it was. You have to achieve a certain amount of like a score or something. Oh, accumulate a certain amount of FIDS. Yeah, I. I figured that out. Food, industry, dust, science, FIDS. That's what it was. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because I was sitting there thinking that too. I'm like, what the heck is FIDS? It's like another thing that apparently they didn't tell me about. But looking at the achievements, Andrew, 280 out of 1,000. You got 11 out of 29. I, I got 200 with uh, 9 out of 29. And then, Keith, if you didn't get one within the last hour, you were 40 out of 1,000 and 4 out of 29. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So I- Definitely don't recommend this for achievement hunters because especially if you hope to play into a thousand this game, you have to play on January 29th. So hopefully uh, you put that in your calendar. Like I said, this game for me is a weekend game. If you've played like a big game like The Witcher and you're looking for something new or just something to take a break from, I think this game is good because it's something that's quick and simple. Uh, for the time to beat, like the main story, you're looking at like seven hours to complete the game. It says it was listed at 38.5 hours. Just really crazy. I don't know who would like that's a lot of time, and I also don't fully know what it means by completing it because there is like an endless mode in the game as well. But this is kind of something you can easily pick up and drop, so it's kind of like a palate cleanser. But uh, if you are playing on PC, there are some add ons, as far as I saw on the Xbox, they are not available. This game originally was on Steam, and there's Two DLC packs on Steam. They're both character packs. That's all they do is just add characters. But one of the character packs, they add a bunch of characters from Team Fortress 2, which I thought was kind of cool. But on the PC, they just have one of the character packs, and they're like two bucks. So if you enjoy this game and you just want a couple more heroes, I was kind of disappointed it didn't add too much for gameplay or anything like that. But it's there if you want it. So getting into our final thoughts, Keith, what did you think of Dungeons of the Endless? See, I thought it was a lot of fun when I played it, and I pretty sure i put 10 plus hours into this game in total i do agree that towards the latter parts of a run it can get a bit tedious but all in all i don't know i just thought it was just challenging enough to be fun every time i tried it i liked that it was just very unique in every aspect i think i gotta give it an 80 wow yeah so for me like i said i give this game a pass because i think there's just better games If you're looking for a good weekend game, play Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire, I felt like I could never get bored of. I had a lot of fun with this game at first. It was a nice kind of hybrid tower defense game. And, you know, you're not losing much by playing this game, but you're also not gaining much. I don't feel like, oh, this is like something I'd love to go back to a month later, two months later. I had fun with it. It was kind of cool seeing, kind of uncovering some of the journals and learning a little bit more about these characters but overall, there wasn't much of a story. I think it would be cool to figure out like why you were attacked, where you're trying to escape to. I want to learn more about this planet because there's like experimental stuff going on. But overall, it's just, I don't know. To me, this game was just very, it was, it was good. It's just not great. 
I, I think I'm going to give it a 70. I really struggled with coming up with a score because at the height of my love for this game, I would have given it a 90. I liked it that much. I couldn't stop playing it. <laughs> but now that I have a strategy, I feel like I can't fail. Like, I just I keep doing it. I kind of get bored because it's like, okay, well, I'm, I know I'm going to win. So I think I'm going to give it an 84 just because I couldn't put the game down. But, yeah, the lack of story really bothered me. And... I felt like it didn't change too much throughout, like seeing a lot of the same enemies, the floors look the same. There may have been like a little differences, but not enough that I really think it deserves extra points or anything. But looking at Metacritic, 78 and 7.4. One critic said more variety and a less random difficulty could have helped it. And then a user who gave it a 7 said, Ascending through levels is tough and beating the game requires a lot of practice and smart play. However, the game's bumbling UI and lack of explanation about anything makes it extremely tough to pick up and immediately enjoy. It took about three hours before I started getting the whole picture, since I had mistakenly come across some of the game's deeper features. So I think they're kind of in the same boat as us. I don't think anybody really hated the game, but nobody really loved it either. There were no hundreds, no zeros, or just kind of... <laughs> Everyone's just very like, yeah, it's there. I will say I was very misled. I was so excited for a dungeon crawler and... Every run was just a fresh start, really. So it, yeah, because especially because I did random heroes every time, but I loved it. I don't know. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, this game kind of caught me off guard too, because I thought it was a dungeon crawler at first too. But then when I started playing it, I was also kind of thinking, I don't know if you remember the name of the game, Keith, but I remember there was a PlayStation Two game where you were a villain and you were basically setting up traps, and heroes would try to come in and take over your mansion. Do you remember this game? No, I'm fascinated though because I it was like it was like an early version of a tower defense game, and that's what I was kind of thinking. This game was I'm like, oh okay, like I gotta kind of uh, set up this whole like scheme of like this dungeon and everything like that. I would love to go back to some PlayStation Two games. I'm a Microsoft <laughs> guy all the way, but man, I love PS Two. It was such yeah, a good. I'm system. Surprised, yeah, because I'm pretty sure I got that from you. Oh, probably. I mean, I got the PlayStation Two from you, and I thought it was your game, but I don't know. We'll have to look it up. I'm it. curious now. Yeah. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for listening and following with us. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Twitch now because Mixer's dead. So I'm on Twitch now. Uh, I am at Firebird01952. Surprise, surprise. Uh, And that is my username as well on on Xbox. Uh, We have noticed a lot of people listen to us on Apple iTunes, and we've had a good amount of new reviews. So Thank you all so much for whoever uh, given us a review on Apple iTunes. Uh, not a lot of written uh, actual reviews, so can't give you a shout-out. If you want us to give you a shout-out, make sure you write something down. But thank you all so much. I'm Keith, and yeah, write something in our reviews. If you just want me to say something dumb that's not, well, you know, racist or just terrible. But if you just want me to say something <laughs> that you want me to say, I'll say it for free. Just put it in the comments on our podcast. Otherwise, you can follow me on MySpace at Tom. <laughs> and I'm Liz the Noob, gamertag coming on Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob, Noob is EW. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. This episode wasn't this long.